We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Down by the Bank brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Uh, This is Derek. What's up, y'all? It's JK3. And tonight we have a special guest. We have Jake Burns. Uh, He is all Browns, anything Cleveland Browns. Um, You can find him on Twitter at the OBR or at the OBR film BDN podcast. Uh, we had Jake on last year. He 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 knows his stuff, guys. So we're excited to have him. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me in, man. Let's uh, let's talk about a really important AFC contest, right? You guys are on the cusp of winning your division. The Browns are fighting for for a wild card opportunity. It's a big game up in Cleveland, and I'm not sure that if we saw this earlier in the year with where the Browns have been hit by injuries, we'd be here. It'd be more important for you guys, but it's a, it's a really big one. Yeah, no, a huge, huge to, to, to begin with, man. And, um, I think, you know, just coming in as, you know, just looking out for some of the casual fans, you know, the Browns are seven and five. Um, you know, the stuff that you're hearing around sports talk radio here, at least in Jacksonville is that the, you know, the defense is, uh, is leading the way. I think statistically they are the number one defense in the NFL. Uh, you got to wor- worry about, uh, Miles Garrett for sure. But um, before we jump into that, man, you know, what's it like watching the Jags play on Monday Night Football? I mean, for us here in Jacksonville, Monday Night Football returned back. We hadn't hosted Monday Night Football in 12 years. Derek and I were at the game. So from a person that didn't have any skin in the game, you know, what, what was the uh, the atmosphere? What did it look like uh, on TV for you up there in Cleveland? Well, I'm all about reviving, you know, franchises that I think, uh, it, it, listen, the NFL can get very centered on some specific franchises. I think we all know that. But uh, I, I like to see some teams get shined that don't normally get shined. Now, you guys are doing a great job down there in Jacksonville since the arrival of Trevor of really getting this thing on track. And Doug Peterson's, um, you know, a huge part of that. And, and it's exciting times down there. And it's cool to see because, you know, with the NFL, you can get really honed in on, on primetime games that are in the same spots with the same team, some, sometimes whether good or bad. So it's cool to see other places. I know the Browns like to get their little bit of time to, to, to shine as well, just get different stadiums, different opportunities. So it was cool to see, you know, like didn't, uh, didn't really know there was a pool down there in the, in the stadium two, stuff. Two see a couple of them. There it is. <laughs> see, so I'm, I'm not even uh, well-versed as, as I need to be. So no, it's, it's cool, man, to see there's something, there's a nice thing about a one o'clock game where, you know, it's tidy, you know, where you're supposed to be. The timing's all the same. You get the football over with by four o'clock and you roll on with your day. But those primetime games every now and again are really cool. So you know, we're super familiar with the Bengals, obviously everything surrounding them and what they're always doing, but it's nice to see from afar. I think that 
you know, lo- the beginning of the season, the AFC South, uh, sort of a predetermined outcome, right? You guys were going to have this thing running away, but mm-hmm. our boy up here from Columbus, CJ Stroud's putting the heat on a little bit. I know the yeah. Colts are lingering a little bit, so it's it's nice to see as the Browns are going to run into you guys, obviously on Sunday. Then two weeks from now, turn around and head down to Houston. We're going to be right in the thick of it. They've already beat the Colts in a really wild game. Yeah. So the three teams that are really running after that division, uh, the Browns will have you know given them given them a game here. So it'll be interesting to see what it looks like. But yeah, Monday night getting to see a different team. And certainly a culture that's being built down there that I think they're doing a really good job with. If the employees would stop stealing money from you guys, right? <laughs> you know, we, can, we can cut that out. We, we know some shenanigans up in Cleveland. That felt like a really Cleveland story it, that I was reading there. You know, it, so and the funny thing is that his attorney just came went public this afternoon and said ninety nine percent of it was because of gambling debts. Now, yeah. first of all, I don't believe that for anything. Twenty two million in gambling debts. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Yeah, the yeah. Parlays, that's a line of credit. That's oh, a line yeah. of credit right there. Bro, those parlays were probably insane. But yeah. no, it was it was fantasy. Says it was daily fantasy sports. I'm like, you spent twenty two million dollars on DraftKings. Like, stop lying, man. Come on, man. That's oh wild. man, but but no, we, we're definitely excited to talk about it. You know, but it, just the the quick, you know, Monday night was great. Stunk that Trevor got hurt. Stunk that we lost the game. Uh, we made what's his face for 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 the Bengals look like freaking Browning. Tom Brady with his Browning. Browning with his with his two reads. He was only two reads, one two, and then just take Balls off out or yeah. or, or, or taking off. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just like, okay, how do you not see that? Why are we playing base defense? Blitz him, do something, and for the love of all, cover Jamar Chase. Couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. couldn't do it. So, um, you know, it is what it is. We're not going to look too far in the rear. We we got a very tough, tough matchup coming up. Great. Um, but so to 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 kick this off, Jake, um, we, we always like to focus on offense and Trevor. But we're going to switch gears. We're going to focus when when. When Cleveland has the ball, tell us about the Browns offense right now. Obviously, Deshaun's out, uh, and you guys still have some weapons. You're still playing hungry. So tell us about when the Browns have the ball, what's going on there. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting operation, guys. So, so, you know, tracing it back to last year a little bit, you know, they made the deal for Deshaun Watson. He doesn't play the first 12 games. So the Browns are running through an operation with Jacoby Brissett. A specific style of offense that Kevin has dated back to his days, uh, Stefanski, all the way back to his, his Vikings days. And uh, not to get too far on the weeds, but he's a, he's a Gary Kubiak disciple. So that type of offense, wide zone bootleg, variations of quick passing West Coast staples are who he is. And that is sort of what we always found peculiar about the Deshaun Watson trade from Brown's perspective is like, that's not really who Deshaun is. So unlocking the elements of who Deshaun is is something that we were all focusing coming into this year as they sort of finished out last year in a very similar style, which again, it's hard to switch your offense, really, really switch it 12 games into a season. And, you know, so this offseason we're focusing on how they're going to change and what tweaks are going to be made. And they've done some things uh, when when Deshaun was on the field. Now he's gone through a... <laughs> The the injury situation in Cleveland is is pretty unique to the NFL right now. They've really dealt with a lot. We can cover that in a minute. But Deshaun himself, you know, has an AC joint issue in his shoulder. Happened in uh, actually happened against Tennessee. The game was pretty much wrapped up. They ran a little uh, bash quarterback power concept, and he he went off the middle twelve yards downfield, took a hit from a DB, jacked up his shoulder. He misses multiple games. Come back. 
plays pretty well late, you know, like, I don't know, was that week 10 against the Ravens leads a second half comeback to beat the Ravens and then figure out he broke a bone in his shoulder. So he's done for the year. So like Mm -hmm. the Browns have been shuffling quarterbacks in an offense that's been trying to figure out its identity that they've never really been able to figure out. So one of the few teams in the history of the league, at least recent history to play four quarterbacks. So they played PJ Walker. Um, So just again, trace it. Deshaun doesn't play against the first time they played the Ravens week four. All of a sudden, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the fifth round kid out of UCLA, they took started that game on a whim. He was pretty poor, so he doesn't play coming out of the bye. They they open up week six San Francisco, and it's P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, not very good, but the Browns are playing really good defense at the time, pull off some wins, beat Indy 39-38, some wild stuff going on. Um, eventually, P.J. Walker is pulled. They go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson for... Uh, you know, after Deshaun gets hurt, they go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson in Denver, and he's playing pretty well, has a couple nice drives. Then he takes a hit late in that third quarter before the fourth quarter starts. He gets concussed and he's been out. So they're three quarterbacks deep. Then they go out and sign Joe Flacco to be sort of an insurance part of things. And Joe's just got a long history of that wide zone offense. He's had Kubiak as an OC. He's been with some other OCs recently between the Jets and Broncos who have helped him sort of stay fresh in that. And that's where they're at. So it feels like Dorian is still in concussion protocol as of what are we recording here Thursday night. I don't think that he's going to get out of it and start because having him start against what I think is a good Jacksonville defense, two days of prep is the focal point of the offense is probably not going to happen. So you're probably staring down the barrel of Joe Flacco and he played pretty well. I thought he played pretty well in a debut. Now the Rams defense isn't one that you're going to remember from this year, but uh, to come off the the street two weeks in and two weeks with the organization and play pretty well is good. But uh, a lot of what they did guys was under center. So they're going to be under center wide zone duo power counter. They're a pretty varied run concept team. They don't do any of them particularly well this year. But they're varied in their run concepts from under center. They'll get in the gun and run some draw. They'll run some quick hitting concepts in the gun. But they've really tried to be an inside zone team, but they're not. Haven't been able to form that identity. So you're going to talk about a lot of West Coast quick throws from the gun and under center. And then they're going to bootleg play action off that under center stuff. As we sit here again, from the injury standpoint, they lost Nick Chubb early in the season. That decimated every part of who they are. He's their cultural identity. It was a gruesome injury. So he's been out. They lost Jack Conklin, their right tackle, uh, early in the season in the first game of the year. They played Dewan Jones, an Ohio State kid who's been really good for them, but then they lost Jedrick Wills, their left tackle. Um, they've been in and out of uh, a bunch of different – like Joel Batonio, the left guard, has had some knee. He had to have a scope in that knee, so he's been in and out. And then um, uh, looking at wide receiver, Amari Cooper left last week with a concussion, so I don't know if he's going to play. And he's by far their best playmaking wide receiver, so – how is this team seven and five? That's a great question. <laughs> well, historically, they, they went on a really good run of defense, guys. Like they yeah. played the 49ers as well as anybody's played the 49ers this year. So they played them well. They won some games that just were really gritty. Now, again, that 49ers game, fellas, it took a 40 yard kick missed to win it. They came back right. and took a 1917 lead, but the 49ers missed a manageable kick. But they really held the 49ers in check, I would say, as well as anybody has. And then they've played like, a bunch of teams like the Titans. They played the Bengals really well at the beginning of the year. They've played some really, really good defense because they play it better. Not better. I think they play it different than a lot of teams play, which if we talk about the defense, I'll talk to you about it. But it's been that question you're asking, the squinting of your eyes, probably looking at some of their yeah. data. It doesn't make sense because when they haven't had Deshaun Watson at quarterback, the the P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson, Robinson combo has led two touchdown passing plays and 11 quarterback turnovers. 
Yeah. So it does, their running back situation, guys, is not that great either. I mean, Jerome Ford's a young kid out of Cincinnati who's fine. Kareem Hunt is much older, a very prudent short yardage running back, but can't really do anything the way you remember him from his days with Pat Mahomes. He's just, the NFL is caught up with him. His body's been beat up. And then they have a guy named Pierre Strong, but like they've just been opportunistic. They've done a good job of court, sort of just staying in games. Um, and then, you know, when, when Watson was playing, they were better. They had that win over the Ravens. They had the win over, um, a couple teams that I think they shouldn't have beat. They've, they, they sort of, uh, overcame some, I mean, they were seven and three before this road trip. And then we were hoping that they could split between, uh, Denver and, and LA, but they unfortunately couldn't get either of those games done. They're just gritty. Like they're, they're yeah. not as talented. Like, again, you're talking about last week, you know, you're frustrated watching the Bengals, you know, create big plays, but that's, that's Jamar Chase. Like, I could, my, you know, I'm I'm an overweight former college quarterback. I could throw it up. I could throw a fade yeah. ball to Jamar. The Browns don't have a Jamar. They don't have a T either, T. Higgins. And I know right. T wasn't heavily involved, but like they don't have those guys. So what they do on offense is really laboring at times. And they're well coached, but they're very limited in the talent aspects. They have Elijah Moore as a wide receiver. He's a nice player for them they got from the Jets, but he's not a game breaker. They're kind of figuring out his role. David Njoku at tight end has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we've always wanted more. He's left some plays in the field, but he's been pretty good. He leads all tight ends and yards after catch tough to bring down just a big SOB, uh, really hard in the open field. And then, um, you know, you're talking about, they're trying to find the identity of a third receiver. So if you're down Amari, you're talking about this youngster out of Tennessee. They draft in the third round, Cedric Tillman, uh, who's been playing a little bit more after they traded away Dorian, uh, sorry, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones at the trade deadline. So, it's not a great offense, guys, and that's the, their thing has been living by their defense. They've been living mm-hmm. by staying in games, being opportunistic. They have done so. The Browns have done some historic things defensively at various points in the year. They have uh, they've kept teams to historic third down percentages. They've done a great job of getting teams off the field, and they've been playing like fifteen to twenty plays more per game than their opponent. And that's the formula for them: time of possession, yeah, play a drive or two more, and that drive or two more that you play gives you a chance to win. Now, the last two weeks, Denver got after him because uh, because uh, I think that they had a really good, between Sean McVay, had a really good game plan. Um, sorry, not Sean McVay. Sean Payton had a good game plan, and Russell Wilson executed it. And really, Russell was really good at floating against man coverage, floating and staying where he needed to be to just keep some plays alive and throw to Cortland Sutton downfield, and they ran it well. And then the Rams ran it well, and then and then Matt Stafford got the football out Super fast, two point four or two point four four time to throw. One of the best times in the NFL this year in terms of time to delivery. Like they were just beating the Browns' pass rush. So the Browns are in an interesting spot, guys. Yeah, I think that you know since you're talking about the offense and you know leaving about the keys to victory, I think we could kind of go with what we've got on defense. And you know, I think since you're talking about the offense as far as you know where they can be lethal, and it sounds like in Joku, and it sounds like a lot of just disciplined football, um, you know, is going to really keep them in the in the game and really just making sure that they do their thing on third down, making sure they're converting, making sure they're running the game clock down, not in a rush. Let's just make sure and let's keep you know, the offense, let's keep the Jags off the field. 
Uh, and it seems like if they can go ahead and continue uh, to convert on third down, continue to get, you know, at least move the ball and do some discipline stuff, hit Njoku for, you know, over, over uh, the middle a couple times, you know, that sounds like a really good game plan. And I think that kind of plays into what the Jaguars, you know, um, you know, don't do very well on defense. That's cover a tight end. Um, you know, the tight ends, you know, for us, the, you know, hi- historically haven't really been, you know, um, you know, that good. And right now, as far or excuse me, have been good. And then, you know, with our linebacking core right now, we're still kind of young. So, you know, you've got Devin Lloyd, um, you know, we're anchored in the middle with Alua Khan, who is kind of like our, um, you know, he, he's the captain on defense. I think he's leading the NFL in tackles now. Again, so he's going for a three-peat in there. But I mean, from on the outside, um, you know, as well, I, I don't see them po- the the Browns posing, you know, a, a really big threat. You know, our 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 corners have been pretty decent, you know, for for the entire year. But I think that, and Derek, you can follow up with me too. But I think that, you know, that's how I think Cleveland stays into this game pretty deep, and that's you know with the with the tight end and with some of the timing stuff they do. Well, he said it earlier, gritty. You know what? We're we're a finesse team. Let's be real. Um, both sides of the ball. We're, we, we, we have hard workers. Don't get it twisted. And we got some guys that can lay some thump, but really we're, we're, we're fast. We have a lot of speed. We're not too bulky up front. Joe Mixon and company just proved that. Okay. And that scares me a little when you have a team in their element. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean all their elements. Rainy, it, rainy, disgusting cold. weather. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, it plays into a recipe that we don't like down here in the sun, in the sunshine state. Yeah. So when you look at the, the Browns offense, it, basically what I see is they better remind Flacco that he's not at, at home on the couch anymore <laughs> or else we're going to be in for a long day, a very long day. I don't think they let him sit back and I mean I I personally I don't think I think it's just either one two look and then if it's not there get rid of it. I don't, there's no way that he can hold the ball for that long because then you've got Josh Allen um you know coming off of the end uh, I mean the defensive line last week you know was was absent but I mean you know right now based off of the limited you know talent that that Cleveland has right now there's no way they sit back and let Flacco you know, try to even, you know, do a five, seven step drop, you know, right now, because I mean, he's, I don't think he has that, 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 that big game of that ability anymore. Jake, I mean, am I wrong there? No. So I, I, I certainly think you guys are saying a lot of things that are true. Uh, The Rams only blitzed him five times last week, played a lot of cover three. The Rams are one of the leading zone coverage teams in the NFL. They're very, I wouldn't call them predictable because they play quarters, they play three, they play six, but you certainly know that you're not going to get a ton of man-to-man looks, and you and you really didn't see much pressure uh, for Joe in this one too. So, I, I mean, I would say the Browns were more comfortable with going downfield because the Rams don't present a bunch of edge threats. The Browns are relatively strong guard center guard. Mm-hmm. Now, those two, have, those three, have had their ups and downs this year, which they haven't been able to uh, navigate at times. But talent-wise, those are their best three offensive linemen. Considering Jedrick Wills is out at tackle, and then you're you're you know, Dewan Jones is pretty good at right tackle. Uh, and he had been beat up for a while, so they were starting another uh, a right tackle. But he seems to be kind of back in a rhythm with his health a little bit here. So uh, I would say edge pressure gives them the most fits, and they'll have to, um, you know, be particularly careful with the two guys you mentioned there. That what what between Josh Allen and you know what those guys and, and Walker present off the edge. So I would say, you know, when when they started Dorian Thompson Robinson against Pittsburgh with Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt, they were ball out fast, like. 
hilariously fast in that game. I don't expect them to do that to the degree we're talking about from that game, but I do expect them to try to get the football out quicker because edge threats will slow them down. They'll do their fair share of chipping a tight end on an edge, and they'll do their fair share of taking a back and committing him into helping too. But I think that this will be a game that looks different for Browns fans on film when they're watching from what they did last week, which is, again, the Rams, they're just a very bend-but-don't-break operation, and they, and they certainly didn't get after Joe. I would get after Joe and try to make him uncomfortable because that's the uh, the leeway that he doesn't like. I mean, any 38-year-old quarterback's not all too keen on taking hits in the pocket, standing in, delivering a football. So I'll be interested to see how the Browns navigate a more talented edge group getting after them a little bit up front. Yeah, I think that that's a key right right there. I mean, the edge if if we can if if we get into those situations then we have to be opportunistic as well. If it's one of those um, you know, times on maybe like a third and long or maybe like a third and seven, third and six, um, you know, where the the run I the run defense has, you know, ha- has been pretty solid up until last week. So if we're getting into a, a into a bind where, you know, the Browns, you know, do have to throw back or, you know, uh drop back and have some throwing um you know, downs. We've got to be very opti- optimistic here um, with the strip sack. Uh, you know, with getting him uncomfortable, uh, and then also from um, from a linebacking slash uh, corners. You know, we've all got to you know really just be the the ball skills have got to be there on Sunday, and uh, you know, and really be able to kind of give us a short field, especially since uh, you know on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we are going to be kind of limited there with what Trevor's doing. All right. Yep. Speaking speaking about injuries, both teams again. Um, you know, if you combine the injury report for both, uh, you know, the Browns and the Jags right now, it'd be longer than a CVS receipt. So, um, you know, what's the uh, what, what's going on down or up in uh, in Cleveland? And, and kind of talk to me about how the injury bug is, you know, uh, in the in the locker room and, and affected uh, the team so far. Yeah, I mean, it, looking at it last week, the Rams were pretty healthy. So the Rams had like six guys on there. The Browns had 17. I'm not going to count up the number here, but it's still close to 17. This is the first time in a while I will say that it, there is a rival uh, in the injury department list. Now, some of these guys are not as serious as others, right? So mm-hmm. uh, let's just cover guys that I think are in jeopardy. So jo- Joel Batonio, um, he didn't practice and then was limited, but I think he's going to be fine. He's going to go. Amari Cooper's two days out, concussion and ribs. He had a rib shot against... Denver, but he played in the LA game, but I think concussion, the Browns very rarely see guys with concussions turn around in a week's time and play. So I don't think you're going to see Amari Cooper in this one. He's two days of not practicing. We all know you usually need to see a guy out on the field by Friday. So I would bank on not seeing him. They are going to get Marquise Goodwin back as a speedy outside threat. Mm-hmm. He's coming back from concussion protocol. So he's trending in the right direction. Um, Guys who I still think are in jeopardy a little bit. You've seen two days of DMPs from David Njoku, which is not normal. He's usually a rest guy, and then he play or participates full, but he's listed as a knee. We'll, we'll see on Friday. I would expect Friday he's limited and he plays, but because we didn't hear anything really all too certain about that, it's kind of kind of one that's caught me off guard a little bit there. But the Browns are trending in a little better direction. They got Denzel Ward back for the first time. He's coming back from a shoulder that cost him the last two games and. I'm just telling you, teams were picking on his replacements at a, at a yeah. very high clip. The yeah. McVay and, and Sean Payton really knew who to go after there, but they, they seem to think Denzel is going to play this weekend. They got a young corner, a rookie of theirs named Cam Mitchell, who's a good slot threat. They think he's going to come back. He got activated from IR. We'll see if they're going to put him on uh, on the activation list. They could hold him out one more week, but but if just getting Ward back to play with Greg Newsom in the slot, Martin Emerson on the other side really helps their secondary. So those are the guys that I think are worth paying attention to that will be out there. Um, you know, Kareem, in, Kareem Hunt will be fine. He's he's yeah. been battling the groin thing all year. He'll play again. He's just not 
It's not the cream hunt you remember, but right. he can get, he's a good short yardage back for them. He does a nice job with that. So you'll expect to see him out there, anything that they need to turn over some short yards, and he's converting those at a really high clip. Miles had the shoulder thing pop up against Denver where he said he heard a pop and he was wearing a sling after the game. So we all thought like, okay, pop and sling, like he might be done for the year. Then all of a yeah. sudden he played last week. But again, the Rams nullified everything about the pass rusher. He was a pretty big non-factor, which is so rare for him because he was on a path for defensive player of the year. And then these past two weeks have been very quiet. So I'm sure he's eager to try to get back in place. Is a full practice. That's a good sign for him feeling well enough to go. But yeah, other than that, I don't think anybody on this list, I think you're going to be missing Cooper and then you're going to be missing uh, DTR. Is probably not going to start. I know he's labeled as limited the first two practices, but he's still in protocol, and I certainly don't think he's going to start, but he might dress. But other than that, I think most of the guys on that list are, are going to give it a go. But, you know, it's, it's a super beat-up team, man. It's a really beat-up team. But I would say getting Ward back for them, how Denzel's been playing really well this year, and then just kind of taking what was a glaring weakness out of their secondary, uh, getting him back helps. And I know that you guys, listen, I'm a – dynasty fantasy guy and i've been loving that christian kirk connection so that one was really tough i'm sure for you guys to see him go down because he's been so good for two years here huge huge we've been waiting for to have all three of them you know kirk zay jones and calvin really on the field at the same time and we got a small taste of it you know this season probably two games you know between zay jones's knee and now this um you know, it, it's it's amazing how when you, all these injuries pile up, you start to look at this, just the little things, which we'll talk about here in a second. But, you know, everybody in Jacksonville knows that, you know, Trevor's ankle could have been because the O-lineman pulled his hammy or it could have been because the receiver ran the wrong route and on the choice route and he ran the wrong route because he's the backup and Christian Kirk is out. So that just tells you how the little things with the injuries play such a big toll, man. Um but I'll say that, you know, with, with with you guys, with Cleveland, man, all these injuries, and you still have found a way. So that's what makes me nervous, especially when you've lost two in a row and you're like, no, we're not getting ready to let this season go down into the tanks. It's like a wounded animal. They're not just going to go down and we're just going to go up there, crank up 40 and come fly home. And it's going to be all, you know, all nice and good. So that's what that's what's a little bit concerning to me, even with all these injuries popping. What I'll say is from the Browns' perspective, which everybody's perspective is different, right? When when Trevor gets hurt the way we watched him get hurt, I think people from the Cleveland side started to say, okay, C.J. Beathard, that's a winnable game, right? Anyway, Every time your quarterback goes down, we lost Watson. The, 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 the whole thing goes in the gutter. Now, the Browns have overcome some things, and it's not to say the Jags can't do that. They're a very talented team. But, you know, when the quarterback stuff happens, it, it always, like, you know, on the other side of things, you know, Browns fans are watching that. They're like... This is a game you can get because this is a game that I've been mocking as a loss for a pretty long time here because I view uh, the Jags at just a kind of different level from where they're at and and uh, trying to map out like what we're trying to do over here is map out 10 wins. You get 10 wins, you have a real chance to sneak into the playoffs. The, the, the division, you guys will see Baltimore next week. It's pretty much in Baltimore's hands. They'd have to go on an absolute tear of losing. Uh, to to not be able to finish with the division, but it's the Browns could put pressure because what they have is Jacksonville this week. Then at home, the Browns have been a significantly better defense at home. Like the splits are crazy. What's how much crazy, better they've been at home? What's crazy there is how good the Jacks have been on the road. That's what. That's what's <laughs> funny. That's what's funny. So that's why I think it's a fun. That's why I wish that we could have saw you know Trevor healthy. We'll talk about that in a minute. But their view is this one: the Bears next week. Those are two games to get to nine and five, and then you go to Houston. 
you know, Tank Dell's hurt. It's not a good game matchup for them, but, you know, with the way CJ's been spending it. But uh, there's a chance there. And then you go close out the season with the Jets and the Bengals. So it's like there's a path for the Browns to get where they want to go. And I think a lot of people had kind of punted on this game because, again, it's a team that I think is a better collective unit. But anytime you lose a quarterback of Trevor's stature and go down to whoever's behind him, it doesn't even really matter. And you lose Christian Kirk on top of it, who's such a nice weapon for even a backup quarterback to be able to function normally, right? Uh, you start to get concerned. So what I want to ask you guys is this doesn't look like it's going to be cold, cold in Ohio, the way like next weekend looks like it's going to be like in the 30s. This is going to be low 50s, high 40s. That's not <laughs> it's relative, right? This is That's right. not cold for us. It's cold for you guys a little bit, but that's not nasty, nasty weather. So like the the, the grass field the rain and the Browns pass rush, which will get after you like crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you even want Trevor to play in this game? Like, like, do you feel like this is a game you want him on the field or you want to give him another week to get ready for Baltimore and, and stretching it out to win the year? I, I think you, that this, this, you know, I, and I feel the same way about this game, the way that I felt, um, you know, of, of us going into new Orleans. I, I didn't think, you know, new Orleans was different is because it's, it's an NFC opponent. So, you know, if we drop a, a game against an NFC opponent, like in the grand scheme of things, you know, you want to win as many AFC and AFC South games as you can. Here, it's, again, the same thing. I don't like, you know, this. I, I just don't like it, you know, him coming in uh, to, a, um, you know, a game where the, the field conditions really aren't where we want them to be and ideally. And then on top of that, you've got Miles Garrett coming off the end. You've got, you know, a, a defense that's going to really be able to give you pressure. And, you know, most of the questionable and most of the, you know, the the players that are out are on the offensive side and the defensive side has remained pretty healthy for the Browns and you're getting back Denzel Ward as well. So, you know, that's one that's going to be a spark, you know, for them. I mean, you've got Grant Delpit, Delpit who has been, you know, out, 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 I mean, outstanding, you know, being in the box, uh, you know, kind of safety and making those tackles as well. So I don't want him there. I, I think he's there just to pose a threat. You know, I, I don't, I really just do not see how he's going to be the Trevor of Trevor, you know, the active being able to step up in the pocket and being able to run and use his legs, you know, and, uh, you know, along with the arm. But I really think the key here is going to be the running game. Um, the running game for us, you know, has come on over the last two, uh, two to three weeks with us, uh, especially with ETN, that ETN and Darius Johnson, um, combo has been really good. Evan Ingram as well is going to be an X factor in this game. You know, also, um, considering that it'll be a linebacker slash, or if you have to put a, a, a nickel or a different corner, another corner is going to have to take over for him. Cause if mm-hmm. you put a linebacker on Evan, it's going to be, you know, we're going it, to, it's going to be a dink and dunk situation and it's going to be about eight to 10, you know, per reception. So you're going to have to cover him with someone athletic that's going to be able to stay with them also. So I think that, you know, between the running game right now and depending on which Zay Jones we get on Sunday, um, you know, I think those are going to be the keys to victory for us. Trevor, if he can get the ball out quickly, like he has been, um, you know, it's still, up in the air on if we want him to play or not, you know, he can make some throws. I don't think this defense gives him the time that he needs to let the long throws, um, you know, develop. It will be quick. It will be timing. Um, and at the end of the day, they keep the ball on the ground here. And I think this is a, a day where we need to get, you know, that ETN and uh, Dearness Johnson, you know, kind of one, two combo, uh, maybe some play, maybe some, some small dink and dunk things to get outside of the box. 
to try to slow Miles Garrett down as much as we can. But I, I think this is going to be one of the ones where we got to grind it out. Yeah, definitely. And and another thing too is you know we're we're banged up on the O line. Um, we've been banged up. You know we're we're down our normal starter at left tackle. Our backup Walker Little, he's not practicing. He's got the hammy. Um, you got Ezra Cleveland moved moved inside. Um, it's just been it's just been a recipe for disaster. Uh, and then inside between, you know, our center and guard, you know, they haven't been blocking all that well. So, um, our, our best offensive lineman has been the rookie. Yeah. You know? Anton. Yeah. Anton. So when you sit back and think about it, we really have some, some, some pieces missing that I just don't think is a good recipe. For, for Trevor. Now you talk about New Orleans game, uh, JK3. I think about the Pittsburgh game. Up in Pittsburgh, yeah. same type of, you know, on the grass, tough crowd, tough defense. Um, I think it rained a little bit that day. So, and, and Trevor kind of, he, he made, I think well, he threw a, a red zone pick and, you know, you have the propensity when you're going all arm trying to drive the ball. What happens? Yeah. All sales. Yeah, you can't get the you can't get the lower body underneath it. Yeah, if he's got, I mean, forget he he can barely probably plant as it is, and if he's going to try to plant on on in that in and if it's going to rain, no, I just hey CJ, get ready. I know you've been a limited participant in practice yourself. Um, get ready, and we're just going to ride it out and see what happens next week. Yeah, because looking looking at the data, it's like I, I I'm you know I use True Media to kind of look through some things and. Um, collectively, the Jags are listed as the fourth fastest time to throw on average this year, but they are also from a scramble percentage. You guys know this watching Trevor. He likes to get out and use his legs to create third most scramble percentage on pass plays too. So if you take away that ability to feel comfortable getting out scrambling on top of a Browns defense that usually can get home with four if you have to hang on to it past the 2.6, 2.7 mark, it's a bad recipe. The quarter, like again, for your fans to understand how have Russell Wilson and how have Matt Stafford done well against them the last two weeks. Russell Wilson used his legs to create things vertically in the pocket, stepping back, kind of floating backward and, and giving his guys a chance downfield. Cortland Sutton, who's playing pretty special football right now, is the one who hurt him. So that's where it happened against Denzel's replacement. And then Stafford was just the ball was out lightning, lightning fast. Like all game. So if you think he can produce that lightning fast result continually, 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 that's the only option. If you're going to put him, you're going to put him back. Then again, the Browns are healthy up front. And I would just say, you know, if I'm, if I was looking at it from your guys, my perspective flip flopped, they're a team that has been one of the better teams getting after and sacking the quarterback this year. And they've had one sack over the last two games. They, they really want to figure some things out getting after the quarterback. If it were me and this were Deshaun in Trevor's place, I probably wouldn't love it. I just wouldn't love the vibe because I'm looking at your last three games. You know, the Ravens game, you're at home, so that's a coin toss. You guys can get that done. If Trevor's right, you can get it done. But, you know, Bucks, Panthers, Titans to win the division, I need my guy right. You know, that's this this yeah. is uh you know, a lot of games up here I've seen in Cleveland where the where the field gets sloppy, man. You better make sure the cleats are long and that you uh you feel comfortable with planting and driving and throwing because the wind is going to be a huge factor too guys. I mean, you're talking about the lakefront they play on is a you know 25 35 mile per hour gusts that are going to be coming through there. So um 
you know, I'm not rooting for Trevor not to, but I love Trevor, man. I was a yeah. huge fan of his dating back to Clemson days, but I am always like, you know, and I know Doug Peterson has said the same things. We don't want to risk him long term here. I'm just sort of curious what that'll all end up looking like. Obviously, it's going to, what does he look like tomorrow, right? Friday practices are huge. And then it would benefit you if it was at home because he could stay home and have the treatment, but you got to fly north, yep. you know, go to a hotel. So there's just a lot of looming elements there. It's, it's a really, I, I almost, and I'm sure you guys would agree with me, wish you guys had won that game against Cincinnati because then you could have been like, all right, you know, the, CJ, the, we can take the day, get, mm-hmm. give our best shot with our backup or whatever. We'll be ready for the next one. But whereas now it's like eight and four, the rest of these guys are seven and five. We got to put the foot on the pedal here. We can't punt a game, but you're also making a really hard decision about the long term. So it's a dice. You guys have thought about this plenty, I'm sure, but it's a dicey spot. I mean, the thing too is that you got, it's not only is it, is it this game, but I mean, the next games that are coming up, depending on, you know, I don't have uh, Houston's, you know, schedule in front of me, but Houston's knocking on the door. I, I mean, they're they knocking the Titans on the, twice, if I recall. They're they're knocking on the door. Indy's knocking on the door at seven and five right now. I I, I say Houston, um, you know, because I, I think that they will probably end up having a better record, or you know, they I think their schedule favors them a little bit more, and I think there are going to be you know pull out more games than Indy is. But right now, Indy's you know second in the division right now. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, Jake, like we thought that the AFC South was going to be you know served up to us on a silver platter, and you know now we're looking at. Man, if we drop a game and they win a game, yeah. it's a three-way tie. If yeah. either one of the teams this weekend, Indy, Houston, and we drop a game, it's a three-way tie at eight and five. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which is insane. Yeah, Their Texans schedule. have two on the road there, Jets and Tennessee, but they get the Browns at home, then they get the Tennessee game again at home, and then they close on the road at Indy. Yeah, it's not it's it's dicey. I don't know your situation with how you've done against these teams head to head, but like it's uh it's it, that that Cincy game was really important. I, I so we're we are we we've beaten so we we're we swept the Colts. Um, you know we split one, one with, with Houston and uh yeah we split one with the with the Texans and we are one and zero right now against Tennessee. The last game of the season uh, though is in Nashville. Uh, you know for us. Uh, so we we wrap up with uh the Titans on the seventh. So the of the last remaining games for the Jags, Browns, uh, Ravens, Titans are the last three AFC opponents that we have, and then followed up and in, in scattered in between those, or sandwiched in between those, it's uh, Buccaneers uh, and Panthers. Yeah, and it's it's huge too because when you think about it, guys, like say the worst comes to fruition, which is you don't win the division, which is not what you want to hear, but this is a possibility in the realm of things. Then it's like you also have to go up against Cleveland for a wild card. So that head to head battle could mean something in the future too. So it's just a really weird spot of navigating, you know, you really want to win this game versus, you know, your quarterback's foot and trying to make sure the ankle's intact for things that mean more down the line. It's, it's, uh, it's a situation we understand up north, man. So, uh, totally get it. And Jake, I'll say this, man. If, if Tank Bigsby, Gets into the game oh, for us. Man, don't even say that, dude. You guys might run it back. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it's gonna happen. Don't what, say like, that, man. We'll be we'll be at the game in the stadium, and then he checks in, and then you just hear everybody. You go, just hear the groans. Oh, the, the, the groans. <laughs> the, the groans. Well, it, honestly, though, it is a Dearness Johnson get back game. So there's a little bit yeah. of that uh, uh, sitting okay. there. We, I love Dearness. He just couldn't. I mean, with Nick and Kareem over the years, he couldn't get on the field. He had a really special game back in 2021 against Denver where Nick and Kareem, I think both of them were on the COVID list or something like that. And he, and he played really well. I loved, 
uh, that dude's story, everything about him. So I always followed Dearness from afar. But yeah, it's a little, little get back game has returned to Cleveland. They loved him up here. Just ironically, the one year that he decides to go elsewhere, and, and now he would have had a real chance to. He could have been a feature guy uh, for yeah. for all that we know up here. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of funny the parallel there for sure. What, what's game day look like for you? You you you're gonna tailgate? You're gonna walk in? Like how bad is the weather gonna affect you? On, on I'm an, I'm uh, everything I do is film based, guys. So I'm yeah. like uh, I write up X's and O's. So I don't even need to be there. I don't go. I went to <laughs> I went to the 49ers game this year because my buddy has great seats. So um, I went to that one, but I usually am like one every year or two, but I've got a couple kids here and it's a Sunday and the wife needs help. So my, my yep. game day is just watching it the best I can watch it around kids doing a whole yeah. bunch of shenanigans around not, me. That's that's my not, life right now. Not everybody ties up the family, the kids, the wife, the grill, <laughs> the table, the cooler, puts it in his truck and sets up a tailgate every Sunday. I well, wonder who does that will. on this. Someday I wonder. I need him to get no, a little there's, older. There's, there, right. there's an individual on this call that does this, okay? His wife <laughs> I, helps him load the grill. <laughs> Yeah, she has she has the earner she has the earner season tickets. Well, if any of your Jags fans are listening to this, um, you know the Browns do pretty well with tailgating. They got what's called the Muni Lot up there, which is the old municipal stadium that they tore down when the Browns originally moved in '95. That was the stadium from the '50s on. It was the baseball stadium's co co stadium forever. So it's got a lot of history in that lot. They tore it down, built, you know, they, they obviously the, the guard, formerly Indians, Guardians went to their spot right next to you know, what used to be Gundarina, but now it's Quicken Loans. And now it's, man, it's, uh, what is it? It's not Quicken Loans anymore. Is it Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse or something like that? So those two are, yeah. but they built Brown Stadium in 99 and they have a Muni Lot tailgate down there, which is, I, I'd say about a mile from the stadium. It's pretty, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good spot. So if your fans want to meander through, uh, some tailgating opportunities, there's a couple, uh, one to the east of the stadium and then the Muni Lot to the, uh, um, sorry, there to the east. There's another one right by the stadium to the west that's pretty good too. So yeah, if you if you got some folks who are traveling up for the game, awesome. Well, Jake, tell the uh, tell the listeners one more time where they can find you at on Twitter, uh, any of your other social handles and, and things like that. Yeah, if you want some Brown stuff flooding your feed, you like to follow other teams. I always try to like to do that myself. Try to get another couple teams that are in the at least the conference in the feed. I'm at Jake underscore Burns eighteen on Twitter, and then. You mentioned it off the cuff. We're, we're OBR Film Breakdown. We're also a Blue Wire podcast. That's a daily pod we do up here. Um, you know, so if you ever want to meander into, maybe you could check out the post game. I always like to listen to teams' coverage from the post game from the other side. So that's always uh, something we're doing. And then the website is the OBR, which is the Orange and Brown Report. It's a two four seven sports website. So yeah, man, that's where we're at. I, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. I think you're covering the team really well, and I know. Uh, it's always good to connect with some other uh, Blue Wire collaborators, man. So I'm, I'm glad we can make this happen. Absolutely. And guys, hey, don't forget, uh, drop us a review, please. Um, if you if you like us, five stars. If not, please tell us why before you drop the one star. Now, and if you uh, drop, uh, and if you don't like us, leave a five star as well, and then tell us why in the five star <laughs> review. And <laughs> same thing for Jake too. Please drop him any and all reviews. I'm sure he'd love that. It sounds like he just loves talking ball, so we appreciate it. But and it's going to be a wrap for us. Hey, again, this is brought to you by the Blue Wire Network, and hey, we appreciate everything you guys do, uh, and we will. Uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.